Welcome to the PSD Cast with Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this episode, we return to one of our favorite topics, the Internet of Things. Now, the, the IoT is nothing new, even for the PSD Cast, as you've probably realized by now. And, you know, we've all heard about this network of devices, autos, and everyday objects. Uh, a recent white paper from SciTime mentioned the convergence of people, device, and data across the web. And that same white paper notes that all electronic products require one or more timing devices. And when, when applying those devices to the IoT, size and power are critically important. Hence why OEMs have begun to consider MEMS oscillators over the traditional quartz-based devices for timing requirements. And uh, that, that's where uh, today's guest comes in. We're, we're proud to welcome Piyush Savalia from SciTime to the show. And we're looking forward to discussing the IoT and one of the latest trends for timing devices. Uh, so Piyush, we're, we're glad to have you aboard. And, and let's start with a little background. The, you, know, you know, the IoT is an ongoing process. It's, it's really, it's more like a phenomenon that, than, a, than a technical process. No one's ever really going to switch it on and it's, it's never really going to officially begin. So that said, how would you characterize the current state of the IoT? Yeah, hi, Jason. Thanks, uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be back on this podcast. Um, I have done a few of these in the past. Uh, you, you ask a very interesting question. Uh, what, what's the state of IoT today? A few years ago, when it started out, uh, it applied to pretty much all uh, portable electronics, and then it morphed into uh, tracking wearable technology. And, and like with all markets, uh, what we see, and, and because we, are, we provide timing solutions, we see a lot of uh, new designs targeting very different kinds of applications. And, and what we are seeing today is that there's a bunch of companies out there doing some really interesting applications uh, for, uh, for IoT. We can't obviously name and talk about them because they are still not announced. Uh, but right. things that have morphed tremendously forward, that have progressed tremendously forward from wearables, uh, which was where we had started a couple of years ago. And even in the wearable space, uh, you're seeing product announcements for very specific uh, applications um, out there. Uh, there are companies that are targeting posture. There are target companies that are targeting uh, muscle-based activity monitoring and things like that. So what we're seeing, just like any other industry, as the industry evolves and as people figure out, they've, they've solved the low-hanging fruit problems, then as they figure out and get deeper and deeper into understanding what the problems are, people come up with some really unique and different solutions that, they have, not, that have not been presented before. So I think we are in that phase, the innovation cycle phase, where people are just dramatically innovating in IoT, and you're going to see some very interesting, very compelling applications being launched over the next couple of years. Right. Uh, you, you mentioned wearables, and they're, they're obviously a vital component of, of the Internet of Things, especially in the, in the medical space and the consumer space and, and several others. And like the white paper said, timing devices are necessary for all, all electronic products, in, including wearables. So why have quartz-based oscillators been found lacking for, for our purposes? Um, so, as you know, all electronics needs a heartbeat, which is timing. Uh, just like our own hearts, the heartbeat of electronics uh, has to put out a consistent, stable, and, and uh, clean signal. 
And, and so now the quartz industry has been around for the last 60, 70 years, and they have been the timing reference of choice for that time. But as we evolve into new applications, uh, as, as the requirements change, uh, for example, the size of these devices, uh, we announced uh, about five years ago that uh, we had the smallest MEMS oscillator, or smallest oscillator, sorry, uh, in the industry. And in fact, it was also the smallest timing device in the industry. And it was 1.2 millimeter square, and it was 80% smaller than anything else in the industry. That's still the case today. And, and so what we are doing is we are innovating along the axis of size. We are innovating along the axis of power consumption. We are innovating along the axis of integration for the IoT market. And ultimately, as the market evolves and new requirements are placed on the, the component providers, you find that uh, these new requirements may be challenging. One of the, and, and, and the people who solve them quickly, they are the ones who are going to get to market and be successful in that market. So, for example, how do we get so small in size? The reason is because our MEMS resonator is 0.42 by 0.42 millimeters in size. It is one three thousandth the mass of a typical quartz resonator, and and obviously uh, much smaller than a typical quartz resonator. So therefore, we are able to take this small size resonator and package it up with an analog using some new unique packaging. For example, we use uh, two die wafer level CSP chip scale packaging, which nobody else in the industry was using before we started using it about five years ago. And, mm -hmm. and so it all plays into the innovation. Uh, how do you get a small size resonator? How do you get unique packaging so that you make this accessible to the customers? Uh, it's all about innovation, and we are innovating very rapidly and trying to solve difficult timing problems for customers. Mm -hmm. So you, you mentioned size a lot, and, and that's, that's one of the, the important um, considerations for, for devices in the IoT. So. Other than that, what are some of the, the key benefits of MEMS timing solutions? So, good question. Um, in, in IoT, size plays a role, then there's power consumption. These IoT devices, uh, especially sensing devices, have to stay out into the field, in the field, for 10 years running purely on battery. And they also have to communicate uh, wirelessly to uh, some servers so that data can be gathered. Now, now, having a device that is installed in the field and yet communicating wirelessly, and, and yet you don't have to go out and replace the battery in these devices, that's a tough problem. So one of the things that we do with our timing solutions is we make sure that customers can turn on and off the, the uh, radio signal much more precisely than a quartz device. So, so uh, if a quartz device has an accuracy or a stability of, say, 200 ppm, that error is built into the turning on and off of the radio for communication. In our case, uh, our stability is 5 ppm over temperature, so it's, it's already 40 times better. And therefore, we can turn on and off the radio that much more accurately and therefore burn less power in the system. So that's another way we are providing value to uh, our customers in IoT. A third way is that these packages are plastic, so they are much more lightweight than quartz devices, which are typically in ceramic packages. 
So weight matters, and that is where we provide a benefit too. So, so that's just for the IoT segment. Now, if you look at on the infrastructure side, completely different segment, our value is in something called dynamic performance, meaning actual performance in the system in the presence of environmental disturbers, such as vibrations, such as shock, such as rapid temperature changes, such as power supply noise. And we outperform quartz devices in that completely. I mean, we were 30 times better than them. So, so depending on the segment, we are providing unique value, which again goes back to our original thesis, which is we want to solve difficult timing problems for customers, and we want to innovate while doing so, so that we can provide the most compelling solution to the customer. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I think we've, we've kind of delved into uh, side time solutions um, a bit already, but you know, and and how their um, you know MEMS oscillators are, are are superior to quartz-based solutions. But let, let's focus um, let's focus specifically on side time solutions for a, a second. So, without naming names, you know, what makes um, your MEMS oscillators better than the competition? Uh, specifically. Uh, uh, well, let's look at it from a product point of view and from a technology point of view. There are two aspects to that question. Uh, from a product point of view, uh, basically uh, for the IoT market, it's about size. We are 80% smaller than competing solutions. It's about power consumption. We can get 90% lower power. Uh, we, can, we can use 90% less power than our competitors. Uh, it's about long-term reliability. Our devices are 30 times more reliable with a mean time between failure of over 1,100 hours versus a, a quartz device uh, would be down in the 30 million hours MTBF. So we are about 30 times more reliable. That is the key value propositions that we are seeing for the IoT market. Now, if you look at it from a technology point of view, uh, we use silicon. We use the entire fabless semiconductor infrastructure that's out there. And, and so we can, I mean, our, our analog is manufactured in TSMC. Our MEMS is manufactured in Bosch, uh, standard semiconductor manufacturing places. And then our packaging is done at ASC in Taiwan, which is the largest uh, semiconductor packaging house in the world. And then we also have uh, Carsim in UTAC. So when we use the semiconductor infrastructure and we use silicon, which is a 100% predictable material, you get all these benefits naturally. And you can continue to innovate very rapidly. So even from a technology point of view, uh, we believe that we have a very long runway of innovation ahead of us. And we believe that there are no limits to the MEMS technology as we see today. Well, well, thanks, Piyush. That, that, that sounds terrific. Um, I, again, I, I want to thank you for, for coming aboard the show and for, for all the great information. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.